welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. To start off our topics, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter and happy Passover for those of you that celebrate Passover this week. Yep. And um, this Sunday, we had no race, but we did learn some information about the NASCAR Hall of Fame inductees. So I'm going to pass that over to Sebastian. Yes. So a total of 15 drivers were nominated, and these drivers were split into two groups, the modern era and the pioneer era. The modern era drivers, only two of them will get inducted, while for the pioneers, only one. There are a couple notable names, such as Neil Bonnet, who has won 18 times in the series, also Jeff Burton, who's won 21 times. We have famous drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, and even some older guys like Ricky Rudd in the modern era. In the pioneer era, we've got guys like Red Farmer and also Ralph Moody, who helped David Pearson um, to two championships and Mario Andretti to a Daytona 500. So let's talk about those in the modern era. I think those are the ones that are most recognizable to most of uh, NASCAR fans today, and especially to our family. Uh, the two names that popped the most for me uh, were, of course, who's my favorite driver? Dale Jr. or Dale Sr. Dale Sr. But so in this case, it would have been Dale Jr. And uh, the other driver that I thought was really interesting uh, that got nominated was Carl Edwards, who I, I think uh, definitely deserves to uh, get some consideration for this year's class. Uh, what do you guys think about some of the drivers? And I've got some thoughts too, but but I want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about who was nominated? And of those more modern era drivers, uh, you, you know, the Jeff Burtons, the Carl Edwards, the Dale Jr., the Ricky Rudd, who do you guys think or who would you want to see get in? Because remember, only two, right, Sebastian? Yeah, two. Only two get in from that group. I was actually surprised to hear... Um, Carl Edwards name, not because I don't think that he was a great driver. It's just, he kind of fell off the face of NASCAR. So to hear his name again in NASCAR was kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. That was a bit of a surprise. Just like his, his exit of the NASCAR scene was also a big that, surprise. That was very sudden. And, um, yeah, I actually do kind of hope he wins. Cause I think Carl Edwards was a good driver when he raced. I think he was, um, fun well, remember, to see around the track. It's not just good. It's great. You have to be great to be in the Hall of Fame. Definitely. But I agree with you. I do think Carl Edwards was considered a great driver in the time that he was on the in the in the top of the NASCAR scene. And in, you know, you could all almost argue he would have won a championship had he not wrecked in 2016. So, you know, he would have been a championship. Well, driver. And, and even if he hadn't won or he obviously didn't win that race or had he not won, um, I think had he stayed in NASCAR, he probably would have won a championship. He was there. I mean, he was in contention several times. I mean, there was that one year where he was tied with um, Tony, Tony Stewart. Stewart and Tony Stewart beat him simply because he had. Yeah, because of the tiebreaker in, in Homestead. And um, yes, for the championship. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. So, you know, he was there. So I think had he stayed a little longer in NASCAR, he would have definitely had a win. Well, I think that I agree with you. I actually 
you know, I it was sad when he unexpectedly retired and and decided to leave the sport. Just found out also this week in some of the announcements, his wife's a doctor. She's actually in the front lines of all of the coronavirus and COVID-19. She's like working with a lot of people. So he had a lot outside of NASCAR as well, his family, obviously. So uh, so I, I respect his decision. But at the same time, as a sports fan, I was sad to see him go because I agree with you. I think he would have won a championship or two. He definitely was up there. Uh, Almost every year, he was a top five driver. So I think for me, when I think of Hall of Fame, whether it's in NASCAR or any sport, you have to be the top of the sport for consistent amount of time. And I believe Carl Edwards definitely was that one. I actually feel bad for um the guy because he was so close, like several times of winning a championship. The tiebreaker Who, race, Carl with, Edwards. Mm-hmm. The tiebreaker race with Tony Stewart. He was so good. He was. Almost there from winning that championship, but um, Tony Stewart beat him, and then 2016, he just gets wrecked. I feel bad for the guy. Although your guy won that race and won the seventh championship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, he was up there. Yes, Sebastian. The interesting thing for me about Carl Edwards is that his retirement from NASCAR is very different from the other more recent drivers that has retired, like Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Matt Kenseth, and even now Jimmy Johnson. They've either they've announced that they're coming back. I, I mean, they announced that they're retiring. There's this big thing, and then they leave. The fans prepared for it. They did a big But then even thing. sometimes they come back. Like, Matt Kenseth ran a couple races. They all came back for a little bit. But with Carl Edwards, he's like, was, he was done. He was, he was done. done and, and it was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the way Michael Jordan retired the first time at the top of his sport and then just retired and just walked away. And, you know, of course, Michael Jordan came back and won three championships. But, and again, this is way before you were even alive, Sebastian, but. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, was at the top of his league. He had won championship after championship, three in a row, and then one summer just retired. And Carl Edwards, although he didn't win a championship, he was arguably right there, and he just walked away. Johan, you were going to say something? Or like Greg Biffle, he um raced at Texas. He raced at Texas, and he... um. It's sort of good. So you're saying Greg Biffle retired, but he still came back, not like Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards just is done. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about Michael Jordan is when he retired, he went to Looney Tunes World. So maybe Carl Edwards is doing the same. <laughs> maybe in his own way. Now, uh, one thing I do want to talk about is, of course, my favorite driver. We, I'm glad we kind of saved him last for this segment to talk about. Dale Jr. to me should get in. Uh, not just because he's a 15-time all, you know, most popular driver, not because his last name is Earnhardt, but I believe he did enough while he was racing, uh, and he was at the top of the sport. He didn't win a championship at the top cup level, but he did win two championships in what is now the Xfinity Series, and he won over 25, 26. I don't know the exact number. What was How many wins does uh, Junior have in the Cup Series? Um, It actually says 15. 15. I don't know if that's right. That doesn't sound right. But that does not even, sound if it, even if it was only 15, he won two Daytona 500s. And, I mean, just two of the greatest, I think, races. And then his Pepsi 400 in 2001 
is the reason why I'm a NASCAR fan today and arguably why we are NASCAR fans as a family because it still was so important. I wanted to make sure your mom got excited about it and then eventually you guys. It was because of that race in July of 2001. That was the year that, of course, we lost Dale Earnhardt. And I stopped watching NASCAR after that race. The race I started watching from that point on was the July Pepsi 400. Yeah, Johan, you were going to say something. That race, the uh, Pepsi 400 in 2001, was actually an emotional win because Dale Jr. won that race and Senior died in the 500 earlier in the year. Yeah. And I stopped watching. I stopped watching racing after Dale Sr. died. And it wasn't until that race that he won that you said it was so emotional. Now, you watched a couple of that. You watched that race a couple of times. I know you've been watching it this last week. What did you think when you saw him come from behind? Because he wasn't up. He, he was up there a lot. But near the end of the race, he had fallen back in the draft. And he had to draft his way to the front. What did you think? He was like in like 7th or 10th. And like. He was lucky because I think back in the day, there's this rule where like with 10 laps to go, there was this rule that since they restarted single file, the lap cars wouldn't be on the like bottom lane. They would just be in the back for like one straight line because before 10 laps to go, he was having trouble because the lap cars were um, on the inside. Yeah. And he had nowhere, probably nowhere to go. And so it, on that last restart, when they let restarted with 10 to go, less than 10 to go, it was single file restart? It wasn't double? No. And he was like the intimidator in um, his last win at 2000. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that win, that was, it was a great win. It was a great race. It was electric. Even, even watching it, and it's, it's funny for those of you that are listening, Johan is seven years old. He did not watch that race live, but he's watched that race a couple of times from start to finish, and it was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You even knew. I tried to surprise you and say, hey, let's watch this race, and you're like, you saw the thumbnail, and it said Dale Earnhardt had won his victory in Pepsi 400, but you still, yeah, did you think it was exciting? Yeah, I was actually so happy that he won since um, Dale Sr. died that year, because that was an emotional win. Yeah, it was. It was an emotional win. Yeah. Like you can keep talking. You don't have to raise your hand. He's for those of you that are listening, he keeps raising his hand every time he's going to talk. Go ahead, keep talking. And like one of the videos I w- was well that was under the video I was watching on YouTube how, that um the Pepsi 400. It was like Dale it was like this guy was standing and it looked like his colors when he was driving. So I figured it was him because I saw red at the top and white at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And I figured it was damn Dale Jr. is going to win. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, a, it was a super exciting win. G- uh, Giovanni, have you seen, did you watch that race? Did you watch any of that? I've seen a little bit of it. I don't think I've seen the ending. You haven't seen that the was ending? incredible no. ending. It wasn't incredible. Am I the only one who hasn't seen this? Like father, like son. I'm surprised you haven't as many times as we've played it. Yeah, it was a super exciting ending. Um, you know, and I just I wish Dale Jr. would have won at least one championship. Uh, but he was he was the guy that carried the torch for the sport. 
I think there was more pressure on him than any driver in all of NASCAR. And I think, you know, having him be the face of the sport for so long is what spurred a lot of the growth. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I think for a number of reasons, but I also think because of his racing, I think he should get in the Hall of Fame. I'd be shocked if he doesn't this year. So how many nominees are there for the modern drivers? Ten. So out of those ten, only two yeah. will be inducted. And for the Pioneer, there's five nominees and only one of them. So it says here that the uh, Hall of Fame induction process, there's actually a couple of different panels that actually vote for them. You got the 15 nominees that are selected by representatives from NASCAR, NASCAR Hall of Fame, track owners, and even the media. And then the nomination committee will select 10 of those for the modern era. And then in April, they will select five for the pioneer ballot. Then in May, a voting panel submits a total of 65 ballots, which includes one ballot from a nationwide fan vote to determine the three inductees and are chosen to take their place. So the fan vote is part of, but it isn't exclusive. So this isn't truly a popularity contest. It will help that Dale Jr. was a 15-time most popular driver, but that is not what's going to get him in. It's going to what'll get him in is the fact that I believe he is he he won prestigious races. I mean, the Daytona 500 is a prestigious race. He won it twice. That's why, regardless of what our opinion is of Denny Hamlin, he's getting in the Hall of Fame. He's won three Daytona 500, including the last two. And he's been at the top. So we may not be his his favorite. He may not be our favorite driver. That man is getting the Hall of Fame. So I think on that with that same rationale, I think someone like a Dale Jr. will get in because of what he's done. He won two championships at the Xfinity level. It's not the top, but it's still two championships. And you have top level drivers that are racing in there. So. Anyway, my point my point is, in my opinion, is that I think Dale Jr. gets in. I hope to see Carl Edwards get in. I don't know if he has a long enough resume, but we'll see. We'll see. And our next topic is about the fallout of Bubba Wallace and his rage quit. What is rage quit? I'd never heard of that until we were watching that race. Yeah, I actually thought it was a joke when we were watching that race last week. And they said, oh, no, he, no, no, he rage no, quit. Because no. I, what I actually thought was that he had reset himself twice uh-huh. and then he was booted from he was the game. Done. But then we started hearing this rage quit thing. So what is it? So rage quitting is basically where in, um, you're in the middle of a game but you get extremely frustrated with something and you've been stuck at it for a while. So let's say you're on a boss battle in, I don't know, the new Final Fantasy VII game that just came out. You could be stuck on a boss battle for a while and you've been doing it and doing it over and over and over again. But you get so mad, you just rage quit. You just turn the game off and you just scream and stuff. It's it's happened to quite a few people. Um, Anybody that we know? Anybody around this table? Me. Have you rage quit? Johan, Johan, you raising your hand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was this Bubba Wallace's first iRacing race? No. I no, think he, he raced the week before. Oh, okay. That was the other thing I was trying to understand. That. Why would he rage quit if he's already been doing this? Like, I, I get that last week's race was a little bit um, stressful. 
there were a lot more wrecks. Um, and so I know a lot of people were getting, you know, frustrated and upset, but I was just wondering why so quickly in the race, he just up and quit. Maybe because it was also a different format. Like they did the heat races. So he was, it was a different form of qualifying. So maybe he was stuck in the back while he, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sebastian, at the end of the day, I think he raged quick because he was just mad. The what? It, like, I mean, think about it. You all three have raised your hands. So the three boys that play video games. I and didn't. you know what? I'm going to honestly say I've done it myself where I've rage quit a game. I'm just so upset and so frustrated. It doesn't matter what I do. I can't get past it. And I just give up. And I'm like, and it, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Clearly, it isn't. That's what we're going to talk about this. But that's why he did it. Right, Johan? Have you ever been so mad at the game you just turn it off? When was the last time you did that? Let's be honest. I think I was playing Minecraft and I got um upset because the game wasn't going my way. And he could not put a lead on a cat that <laughs> wasn't tamed. And so a lead. You mean a leash? Yeah, that's what they call it in Minecraft. Oh, sorry. Well, and, actually, and he couldn't put a, a sorry, you said a lead. A lead. A lead on a cat. And you got so upset. What'd you do? You just turned it off? Yeah, mom told me to. <laughs> oh, so mom helped with your rage quitting. Well, I told him when you get frustrated to a certain point, you need to uh, turn it off and take a break. I mean, I was just sitting there, witness of the screaming as he's just banging the device. <laughs> and I'm just like, so do you think this is what Bubba Wallace was doing? Possibly. I mean, maybe if he was at the <laughs> point where he was so frustrated, I think Bubba Wallace needed to take a time out. So here, but here's the here's the challenge. Here's the problem with what he did. Imagine in an actual race. With the actual cars, he got so mad, he's like, I'm out. How would that look? It honestly would give probably give him a bad rep. Because, I mean, he's in the middle of this race, and you just see him going down pit row and just like, I'm done. I don't want to race. And honestly, it would make people think like, wow, he's just not a good sportsman. And I think it's honestly going to um, lower expectations from um, Bubba Wallace and... I think pe- some people, uh, fans, of course, are, might actually be disappointed with his behavior. Well, they talked about that, and they talked about the fact that um, his sponsor, Blue Emu, who was sponsoring his digital or the the, the uh, simulated uh, car, was very upset and actually responded and said, we're not only pulling our support of him in the e-racing or i-racing series, we're also pulling his support in his actual car. So he lost an actual sponsor on his car. So this had real world implications. And it's it's kind of, you know, something that I guess a lot of people, he didn't realize how serious some people were taking it. And at the end of the day, these drivers represent the best in driving and, and motorsports. And he had a moment that he probably regrets. He was frustrated like we've all been. And he looked at it as just a game. But there are a lot of drivers that look at it more than just a game. I mean, just look at Denny Hamlin. He spent, what, $100,000 in his setup? His spaceship? Yeah, his spaceship. I mean, I could see both sides of it. Um, I could see that it was a serious matter. But then I can also see that, you know what? Yeah, to him, it was a game. I don't think he would quit uh, or rage quit on the real track. I think because he is totally in control of that car and he, you know, he wants to be the best in that vehicle that he's going to try his best to, you know, get up there. But 
with the iRacing simulator, yeah, he was probably thinking of it like a game, you know, and was like, well, you know what? Forget this. I'm not going to get anywhere. I keep, you know, spinning out of control. I keep, you know, getting into the wall. And it's like, he was probably done for the day. He was like, that's it. The first time I heard about this rage quit thing was like when um Boyer got said he got bubbled. <laughs> when Boyer said he got bubbled, and yeah. Well, here's here's the last thing I want to say about uh, about this is that, um, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm sure he probably regrets doing that because it gives the wrong symbol. I also just think that the Blue Emu Company is going through everything a lot of companies around the world are going through right now. And honestly, I think that, you know, in the moment of frustration themselves, maybe they overreacted. I don't honestly think this is going to be absolutely it for, for Blue Emu and, and Bubba Wallace. Um, you know, I think that maybe cooler heads will prevail. They'll and, eventually come around. And they'll come around and, and you know, maybe they'll work it out where they'll be a sponsor again. And 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 maybe Bubba Wallace will be a symbol of, you know, he'll turn his image around. I don't think, honestly, it's going to be that damaged. I mean, he's getting a rough patch right now. But after he gets through it, I think he's going to be a good enough driver and hopefully have enough success that he can maybe be a symbol of what good sportsmanship could be. And instead of, you know, bad sportsmanship. So. Uh, anyway, I think it, it could be a good thing for him as long as he, um, you know, continues to compete and give his all. Anyway, guys, on to our next segment. Uh, we're going to be talking around, talking about the Pro Invitational iRacing Series. And next week, uh, our race is going to be at iRichmond Raceway. Um, so, honestly, not sure what to expect, but what, what do you guys expect from the race? So Richmond is one of my favorite tracks and in it really depends on what rules they set. Like the number of resets, like we won't know until later in the week. But like if you if they gave them two, I think we could see a lot more wrecks. So it could be more closer to Bristol or Homestead. But maybe if they limit the resets to one, then it's gonna be more like a Texas kind of race. Yeah, I, I hope that it it doesn't it's not a wreck fest like Bristol. Uh I do hope that maybe they do it where they limit to one reset so the drivers um aren't willing to just risk everything at every moment that they'll be a little bit more conservative as they're driving to try to take care of their car and 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 not just <laughs> make a move regardless of what could pot- potentially happen. Um so I'm hoping for something better than Bristol. I'm hoping that it's similar to Texas. I thought that was a really exciting race. And Richmond's a great track. I mean, it's, uh, what is it, a mile? It's uh, actually uh, three quarters of a mile. Three quarters of a mile. So it's short it's track. a mix of a short track, mid-range track. It's considered a short because it's less than a mile. Yeah, I think that's a great racetrack. I mean, we had a fun time when we went there back in 2000... 2016. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. I'm like... I. I'm not really familiar with the driving style at that particular track. We did go to that race. Um, it is considered, it's called America's premier short track. So it is a short track, more, more of a short track style race. 
so I, I'm trying to remember what racing was like. I, there was, I just remember the ending of that race. I think that's the most, that's the, the biggest like memory that I have of that race. And who was in, who was involved with that end? Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch. <laughs> um, but so I, I'm, I don't know. Is that kind of, is that track more of, um, are there more wrecks on that track? Is it more of like single file racing? Is there more yeah, passing? I, think it's, I really didn't remember that many wrecks. And if there is a wreck, it's usually, I think the wrecks I remember are from the night races. So like, for example, Daryl Earnhardt Jr. and Kyle Busch got into a wreck back in like 2008. There was another like pile up a couple of years back. So I think in the daytime, not as much. Not as many wrecks. Like, I remember this um, Night Richmond wreck with, like, Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, and then, like, I forgot the other drivers' names, but um, those two drivers, I think they were definitely in it. Yeah, so I think that that I think I do remember from when we went to the track. So we went back in 2016, um, and I don't remember there being many wrecks. It was a long race. Now, I will say this. If anybody who's going to the Richmond Spring Race... Take a lot of water and sunscreen. A lot. So um, we've been to different racetracks, but um, most of them are like afternoon to evening ones or night races. And and there's always some kind of shade. So like the one that we've been to the most recently is the Homestead race, the, the championship race. And so you get a little bit of sun, but then the sun starts setting. And so you have shade. This particular race, we did not take into account that where we were sitting, which was right at the entrance or beginning of the, the of turn two. So it was like in the Dogwood Tower area. Uh, we were hitting being hit directly with the sun for the entire duration of the race. The whole three hours we were being hit by the sun. And uh, even though it was Virginia, you know, we were a lot northern than where we live. It was very hot. We did not take enough water and we had to continue to buy water and pretty much, you know, just take little sips here and there to We actually conserve. ran out of water and a, a nice fan felt sorry for the three young boys and gave me and mom a dirty look as she passed us a bottle of water <laughs> thinking, how could these parents Terrible bring their parents. kids and not bring water? Uh, so because I, I, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was that we, we didn't prepare like we should. We had, we were dressed, we had everything, but for some reason the water just went out the window i knew we should have brought more water <laughs> number one rule always bring water always bring water speaking of richmond last week we talked about how we make a trip out of our out of the race weekend so we went to richmond prior to the race and we took some days to do some things around richmond and we also went uh to washington dc it's about an hour and a half away from where we were in richmond so we decided to take advantage and go visit the capital of the u.s uh, while we were there we did several things um i think my favorite thing was i i was doing some research before we went up and I found out that you can do several tours while you're in D.C. And one of the only ones that I was able to get due to the time was the Capitol Building Tour. And so I got us tickets to do that. And we were able to go into the Capitol Building and see 
the inside of it. And we took, and, and it's this little tour that you have a little headset on and the tour guide goes talking to you and takes you to different places. And I just thought that was one of the most fascinating things that um, we did in DC. This was my second time in Washington, DC. I went when I was younger in my early 20s. But um, I really enjoyed this one because I got to actually do more things, not just be in DC. I, for me, I was excited just walking all of that. Uh, what, what do they call that? The mall. mall. The mall. Uh, with all of the Smithsonian's and then you have, uh, you have the Washington Memorial and you have Lincoln Memorial and then Congress and just, I mean, a lot of walking. We didn't walk all of it from start to finish. I think the furthest we walked was, where was it? Lincoln Memorial all the way to the White House past Washington Memorial. I know we walked a lot of that. And then we took a cab <laughs> the rest of the way. But it was just super exciting to see all of these museums that you could go and, and see history and learn about culture. And I was super excited. I think my favorite museum was the American History Museum, where you got to see everything from brands and marketing and all of that. Like, And to be more exciting, it was like, think about like the biggest brands, the history of the biggest brands yes, in our country. The growth country. and evolution of our yeah, country. Or, or business mm-hmm. in this country. And you got to see that. It was it was really, really cool to see things like that. And and uh yeah, I, I thought that was super exciting. Um another museum I really liked was the National Air and Space Museum that had a bunch of ships and space shuttles. There was history on like fighters. You mentioned last week there's the white Bro- the Wright Brothers um, airplane model recreated. It was really cool. Like, this was totally awesome. What was your, one of your favorite parts of the of our trip to Washington, D.C., Giovanni? I really enjoyed pretty much all the museums. They were really cool, seeing all the different things that were there, like the airplanes. I think there was a rocket one. Which was really cool. I liked. I, I don't know why. I just enjoyed seeing all those rockets. It was really cool. There were a few other ones. Anything that you want to go back and check out that we didn't get to really do? The tour of the White House. You want to go to the White House? Yes. So that's that's the other one. If you're interested, if you guys are planning a trip to uh, Washington D.C., you can do tours. One of, but some of them you do have to do ahead of time, like the Capitol Building one that I did. Within the Capitol Building, you can also uh, sign up for where you can go and see Congress and the Senate in action. So, and then also uh, you can see take a tour of the White House. You have to do that in advance, um, contacting the congressman from your state. And then there's also the Washington Memorial Tours. And that one, you just have to get there early. You have to be there about seven o'clock in the morning because it's first come, first serve. So the early bird gets the worm. And that's an elevator to the top. That's, I didn't know that. Yep. You know where I learned that? Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. homecoming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. His Spider-Man. There's an elevator. But to get in that elevator, you have to have a ticket. And to, to mommy's point, you got to get there early to get that. So thought that was pretty cool. Any last words on DC? My favorite thing from DC that we did was the um, airplane museum. They had like space food in the, in the gift shop. They had like toy airplanes and like, they had like, like cool stuff like i think we went inside of like a model of an airplane that like that flies 
I remember us going in like airplanes, space shuttles. That's cool. Well, I will tell you this. Even though we spent about a day and a half in D.C., it was obviously it wasn't enough. And I'm super excited to go back. I like mommy hadn't gone. It was well over 20 years more than that since the last time I went to D.C. I was a little, little kid. So there was a lot of things I didn't remember that I saw when I was little. And it was really cool to see it with you guys. So I'm really excited to go back. And obviously, it would be cool to see another race at Richmond. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. One of my favorite segments of our show, how I try to connect somebody that my boys are going to give me to NASCAR. The first week we did this, it was Johan. Week two, it was Sebastian. I'm really excited because week three is Giovanni. Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees? I would like you to connect the voice of Ahsoka Tano, Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein. For anyone that knows us outside of this podcast, know that we are huge Star Wars fans, and we all love Ahsoka Tano and think Ashley Eckstein is one of the coolest members of the Star Wars family. Now, how am I going to connect her to NASCAR? Well, do you know where she got the name Eckstein? Her husband, David Eckstein former baseball player. Do you know what team he was drafted by? Didn't play, but he was drafted by. Any guesses? Red Sox. The Phillies. The Who Yankees. said the Red Sox? Me. It was. It was the Boston Red Sox. Oh, I thought the Yankees. Oh, and no, it wasn't the Yankees. Well, we all know who owns the Red Sox. A little company called Fenway Sports Group. Which in 2004 or 2000, no, I think it was 2007, they formed an alliance with Roush to become Roush Fenway Racing. And that's how you connect Ashley Eckstein to NASCAR in less than six degrees. So guys, this is the beginning of week five. For our since we've had the stay home order and that we've we've not really gone out, and it's kind of crazy to think how quick the time has flown. Uh, this is the weekend of Easter and the the last part of Passover. Uh, Passover ends on Thursday, and uh, we're now kind of you know settling in a little bit into this new kind of norm as people have been calling it. What's one of the most different things about our life now that we're about a month into this than it was before this whole crisis and that we were staying home. We're actually going on bike rides in the mornings. We didn't even have time for that. We're like getting up 6.37, get ready for school. Bye-bye. I honestly think even though we are, we are in quarantine, we have actually kind of been a little more productive than usual. Really? Yeah. How so? I don't know. I just feel feel like we've been able to do more things and we're putting in a little more work. I mean, not to say that we're lazy. Enjoy enjoying life and um, taking it easy. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely doing things that we weren't doing before. Like Sebastian just said, we get up in the morning and part of our 
weekly routine is to go on a bike ride and exercise, get some vitamin D, some fresh air before coming back to do school and work. A few weeks ago, or actually two weeks ago, I think I had said that, you know, we're all getting along and having a good time, spending time together. Tony and I have been taking time to do, uh, to spend quality time with one another, which in our regular normal life, we didn't have time for that. So that's been really nice to spend quality time with my husband and then quality time as a family together. Did you say vitamin D? That's right. You get vitamin D from the sun. I've actually been enjoying this a little bit since we have like more time to like have fun and like spend time with our family. What about doing this? Oh, yeah. Like, if it was just regular school, we would um, really not have time to do the podcast. So what do you guys think about when things go back to normal? Because God willing, we believe everything is going to eventually go back to normal. It's hard to see that right now because we're in the middle of it. But remember, when we weren't going through this, it was hard to even imagine a point in the time where the entire world would be shut down. So it's always hard to imagine something you're not going through. So I know it's hard, but think about it. When the crisis is over and we kind of go back to normal, what are some things that you're going to look forward to doing again and maybe appreciate differently? Going to the theme parks and just being thankful for actually being able to see the magnificent areas that these people have made and also interacting with other people. Like knowing... I'm going to think of it differently because there's could be times where I can't talk to them face to face like right now. So I will be more grateful for that. I'm going to be very excited when we go to go back into civilization altogether again. Um, I think that's going to be a very happy moment. Honestly, well, what, what part of it? What what is it that you're looking forward to? Really seeing my good friends again, like just getting to hang out. I've been, I've obviously been able to do that a lot. Like I've been um, playing Minecraft with my friend recently, and that's been a lot of fun. But it's honestly a lot of it's truly I think a lot more fun when you're like right there and you're talking with the person and you're making jokes or maybe you're like right you're right there and you're like in the moment and you're having fun with them. Like I I just really genuinely enjoy that. I'm looking forward to like. Like what Gio said, to see our friends, like the Larsons. Yeah. So seeing your friends in person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone in particular here in Orlando? Uh, I think like some some of my friends from church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's one thing to, to see people over the phone, but it's a whole other thing to be in person with them. And uh, for me, some of my friends are the ones I work with. And, you know, you spend a lot of time at work. And uh, fortunately for me, I like a lot of the people I work with. And so I miss them. I miss seeing them on a day-to-day basis. I I, I wouldn't trade the time that I have with you guys. I, I enjoy that, obviously. But I do miss my friends from work and also our friends from, from church and being able to see uh, those people in, in person and be able to shake their hand, give them hugs and things like that. So I think that's one thing I'll look forward to doing. Well, 
I am naturally an introvert. So this whole quarantine thing, I've been preparing for my entire life. So this is actually perfect for me. <laughs> um, but um, I will say that once this is over, I'm going to look forward to going on vacation and traveling, planning our next NASCAR race trip. Um, and I'm also looking forward to once this is over, I'm going to be starting a new career. That's exciting. Aren't you going to start it a little bit before, though? I will. Uh, but being like immersed in the actual job and being physically there, that'll be something that'll be waiting for me when this is all done. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening on in. We want to thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. That way you get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Thank you guys so much for listening on in. Let's go, racing family. Out. Out.